Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined, as always, by Brendan Metapace, Senior Digital Editor. Brendan, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Um, I've been thinking, though, I and you were just writing a story uh, today about Cinnamon Toast Crunch merchandise. Um, so I, I need to ask you, where does Cinnamon Toast Crunch rank in your uh, in your cereal top three? In my top three, I don't know that it'd be in my top three, maybe top five. Um, See, that was a trick question because it should be in your top three for sure. <laughs> That's why I phrase it that way. It's that is a all time top three cereal in my opinion. I, it's definitely I will, it's this definitely is my hill good. to die on. <laughs> I, I can't really follow you. I, I, I definitely love it. And it's always been one of the ones that I rotate buying. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Also, that story was about Reese's Puffs, which I would 100% put in my top three. And okay. I have a box of that downstairs right now. So I think well, I maybe put, maybe you can crack it right after the show in celebration. To, well, I'm going to get a uh, new one now because I want that augmented reality synthesizer. I'm going to try and hunt one of those down. You should try to get on the list and get one of the real synthesizers that's, that they're sending to uh, to influencers and and uh, famous people online. I think you fall into that group. Yeah, I think I think I could get a good head start in a synth pop career too. Is the guy who uses the uh, Reese's branded synthesizer doesn't really know how to use it, but it looks cool. We'll use it on the pod. Uh, oh for anyone God. who who has no idea what we're talking about, uh, see our website at magazine.promomarketing.com. Reese's Puffs uh, is doing some augmented reality boxes that. Uh, people can scan to take them to uh, a digital synthesizer online uh, but they're also sending some real branded synthesizers out to some people so check that out online and you'll have a, a much better idea of, of what we're discussing here um, also I, I can't believe it's been 40 something episodes and this is like the first time we're getting into serial rankings I feel like this is some kind of milestone on the show right like yeah, we should have done this a while ago yeah I guess I, I never really thought about that we're usually too busy arguing about movies yeah, I think for me, top top one is, is right in the same range as Cinnamon Toast Crunch would be uh, Frosted Mini Wheats. But I know that that might be a, that might be a controversial choice, but I've just they've always been there for me. Uh, but anyway, this is not a serial podcast. This is a, <laughs> a, a promotional products industry podcast. Uh, and today we have a fantastic guest, a really good conversation uh, with Seth Weiner, president and CEO of Sonic Promos. Seth joined the show for an in-depth and uh, insightful talk about uh, the gifting as a service long form we ran in our June magazine and uh, on our website in July. Uh, if you missed that story, that was about companies like Snappy, Alice, and a bunch of others, basically these tech startups that are getting uh, huge venture capital investments to sort of disrupt, put that in air quotes because it's everyone's favorite word, but disrupt the, uh, the corporate gifting and uh, even the trade show merchandise space. Uh, our story looked at you know, what this means for promo on a broader scale and what it says about uh, you know, what modern customers are looking for. And Seth dropped by to share his thoughts on the gifting as a service model, uh, how disruptive he thinks it is for the industry. Um, and he got into some strategies that promo distributors can use to move away from that kind of one size fits all approach to promos that a lot of companies have uh, in favor of more custom one-to-one -one solutions for clients. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from that conversation is that this kind of thing isn't for everybody and it takes a lot of effort and infrastructure to really get to the point where you can even do it if you're a distributor. 
but the payoff is huge from a business standpoint and it kind of, it can allow your business to go toe to toe with some of these companies that are kind of inching their way in or elbowing their way into the space. Uh, but that's coming up shortly here. Before we get to that, we'll keep it short today. It's a long interview. I want to make sure we, uh, we have time for it all. One thing for you, Brendan, um, I was on vacation a little bit ago uh, in Ocean City, New Jersey, where I go just about every year. Uh, we went to this candy store on the boardwalk, and this store had an entire wall of Oreo-branded merchandise. Um, I don't know if there is a consumer snack brand that does branded merchandise better at this point. Like, How many times have we seen Oreo-branded products show up in, our, in the news now? Yeah, they keep popping up. I think what kind of lends themselves to that is like there's such a, a unique thing. It's like, so everyone knows if you're looking at it, it's an Oreo, unless you're like, what is the, like, what is that knockoff Oreo or like Hydrox? <laughs> Hydrox. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, no offense to Hydrox, but if you see that, you're thinking it's an Oreo. It's a valiant effort by Hydrox or whoever their parent company is, but I've had both and they do not stack up against the original. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's the, the branding of the Oreo itself is so distinctive and it just mm -hmm. lends itself to products really well. I mean, it's, it's a circle, which is, it helps because there are a lot of circular promotional products. Like this store had tumblers that, you know, were decked out like Oreos. And if you put the lid on, it was like the top of an Oreo. Um, we also saw, did, didn't they do a Roomba before or like a branded uh, vacuum or something? I feel like that's a thing. I can only think of the Weezer one, but I think it sounds familiar. I think, I'm going to fact check this live. Yeah, fact right check now. it. In the meantime, I'll you know I'll bring up the uh, the thing they did recently where you can customize your own like it was an Oreo cake and you could customize like couldn't you customize like a packet of Oreos too? Uh, yeah, you can actually pack, customize the the Oreo itself. Yeah, that's what it was. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they introduced that, I, I believe, last year or maybe the beginning of 2021. Um, they have a full custom Oreo website where you can go and you can actually add logos and, and things like that. So they, the the company or the, the parent company, which I'm, who's it, Nabisco, Nabisco, which is probably owned by someone else who's owned by someone else. Um, they, they, and the, you know, the creative team behind the, their marketing really just kind of gets branded merchandise and gets promotional products and kind of how to position the brand within that ecosystem and do some really cool things with it. Um, I just saw you sent me a story earlier, which is how we got on this topic um, that they just opened a full, like was a three story retail shop and like cafe in the, uh, I think in the Meadowlands, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all attached to the Meadowlands sports complex. It's a cafe slash merchandise store. And it's like, I mean, anyone who's been to, chocolate world at Hershey park can kind of see what that like you get the, you can buy your snacks, but then also it's like, while you're here, get yourself a nice sweatshirt, get yourself like it does both. Yeah. Huge, huge merchandise component. And, I, and I'll tell you the results of the fact check are in and it, it they did do a, uh, a Oreo skinned Roomba at one point, it looks like they did a giveaway on their Twitter. I, it, I I remember that vaguely, but Weezer pushed that out of my head. And again, we're not going to get into that today. That's a topic for the final episode of this podcast. 2019, they did the uh, the Oreo Roomba, so they were before Weezer. So oh. just for, for that's a little little tidbit for you next time you're you're doing <laughs> uh, you're doing Roomba trivia. 
but that that's all I wanted to say. Uh, kudos to the team at Oreo, whoever's behind their merchandise, and uh, it's, it's some cool stuff. Uh, the The store we went in on the boardwalk, they had a, a couple of different uh, like merchandise capsules on the wall. Like I think uh, Sour Patch Kids had one, and it was like one section of wall, and then you looked across the store, and it was Oreo had just the whole the whole wall. So lots of stuff there, um, some cool tote bags that were Oreo shaped, a uh, bunch of stuff. My mom's a huge Oreo fan, so I'm going to have to get her some of that stuff next time I'm in there. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I wanted to get into with you. Like I said, we'll keep it short and sweet today. Get right to our interview with Seth about gifting as a service and you know, where this all fits in, in the promo industry. Here we go. Seth, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you uh, stopping by. Uh, do you want to just go ahead and give some intro and background on yourself and Sonic Promos? Sure. And thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I mean, you've had a lot of really uh, interesting guests that have been on. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on the platform. Uh, I, myself, I've been doing promotional marketing, uh, branded programs for uh, since my, like my kids say the 1900s. Um, I started selling fraternity and sorority merchandise. Um, that's really where I got my start. Um, I went from colleges uh, all over upstate New York, uh, and I was the guy who set up uh, all of the tables and sold you your letters and your paddles and all of your um, Greek uh, merchandise um, from school to school. And that's really where I got my start. And that's how I started business. And that's really where Sonic... Uh, began was doing uh, Greek products, Greek merchandise, and then slowly uh, moved into more corporate business. Uh, but we've always been really program focused. Uh, that I think is a big differentiator for our company. And it's one of the reasons why um, I think uh, I was really interested in, in sort of our, what our discussion was going to be about today, um, talking about our industry um, and, and sort of moving away from the product focus that I think it often is. Yeah. And like you said, that's, that's the big reason we want to have you on. And we had a, a nice discussion over email. Um, and we'll get to that in a sec. Before we do, I just need to ask, how's your new kitten? Cause the, those pictures were adorable. Yes. Ro- Rosalita <laughs> is the best name for a kitten. So Thank you very uh, how's much. she doing? She is great. She's now almost eight weeks old. Um, we uh, have a neighbor that is a uh, is basically a drop off for stray kittens. Mm-hmm. And um, our neighbor came by, uh, knocked on the door with a couple of kittens. We said no, knocked on the door again, came over with some more kittens. And we grabbed a little gray uh, sort of striped tigress. Um, and she's probably about a pound and a half now. Um, and uh, she's great, you know. Uh, anybody who has pets, um, or cats, dogs, any sort of pets. I mean, you can always appreciate uh, the little ones, seeing them uh, find all sorts of new stuff. And so it's been fun. It's been fun. I, yeah, I just got a kitten two months ago and everything in my house is a toy right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's what's so great about it. I've been uh, waking up uh, usually with, uh, you know, one pound of purring on my <laughs> chest every morning. That's good for the soul. Uh, uh, it is good for the soul. Um, but kittens are great. I mean, you know, they, they are a little messy. Um, and that's something that you kind of have to deal with. Uh, and I actually, interestingly, we, I do a lot of uh, yoga. And I uh, do yoga primarily in my, ba- in my bathroom. 
um, and that's where we've had the cat. So it's been a little challenging trying to uh, share my space with her. So um, I'm happily uh, getting her out of there now and she is, because uh, we've got a big cat. So now we finally are able to uh, let her interact with the larger cat. So it's been good. Very nice to hear, and hopefully your uh, your cohabitation issues get resolved soon. Absolutely, but, uh, <laughs> we can talk hours about cats, <laughs> yeah. but um, but we'll the topic really at hand, about. yes. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll talk cats off air some more. Okay. Um, so we recently published uh, a long form article uh, on the rise of you know this gifting as a service model, uh, where you have companies like Snappy and Alice and Sendoso. There's it seems like uh, you know dozens of them now. And how they're getting all this interest from investors for this business model that kind of reimagines corporate gifting. Um, this is, you know, this personalized gifting experience at scale, as they that they like to say. Um, a lot of people that I talked to in promo f- for the story had never heard of the model, uh, and some of them have, uh, but were you know had only knew some of the kind of basic details of it. But you, you've been following this for a while, right? So what are your kind of general thoughts? And I don't know if you want to explain it a little bit more for everybody listening. Yeah, I have. Um, and I like it a lot. I think that it's uh, interesting. I am passionate about uh, being able to scale uh, programs. Uh, and I'm also really passionate about automation. So the idea that how do you automate our industry? Because I think that's that has a lot to do with it as well. And I think within our industry, uh, there's still a lot of it that's sort of old school. Um, part for so for me, I, I came in like I said in the 1900s. I, I started doing this around 1993, 94, which is a really interesting time. Um, we were web-based by the time we were 1998. So we were really trying to grab a hold of as much forward thinking uh, and technology as possible because the industry is sort of old school. Um, it's, it's printing and at the end of it all, the decorating still comes down to the decorating. Still takes the amount of time it does to, to do the printing of the products. But none of that stuff really matters until you actually have an idea about what's the objective. Um, and so for, for me, I'm always looking at how can you scale a program? And that is why I've always been really interested in what companies like uh, Alice is the one that you mentioned in particular. I've been following them for a while. I really like what they have to offer. Um, and I, I really like what a lot of these, those companies have to offer. Um, the most important being metrics. And I'm a big, I'm big on numbers, love numbers. Um, you could, you know, you, it's great to get an order for 5,000 pens, um, but it's a lot better if you know that you could put something into the hand of somebody that is something that they really want. And I think that we have gotten so focused oftentimes on the bulk element of our industry that we've moved away from this idea, which I always have been pitching is this idea of freedom of choice and individual experience. And I like that there is an ability to, uh, to sort of do what some of these companies are doing. I don't think that they're 100% the answer, and I don't think that they 100% hit the mark, but they're definitely on the right track. It's kind of on the topic, like you said, that, that more tailored approach and uh, quality over quantity. You did mention to us off air that you've been focused for a while now that that 
that one size fits all approach in promos definitely kind of on the way out. So like you said a second ago, you've been doing some things that aim to solve the problems for customers similar to the ones uh, gifting as a service companies are looking to solve. Can you just go a little bit deeper in that? Sure. And this goes all the way back to when I used to do fraternity and sorority merchandise. Uh, whenever somebody wanted a paddle, every paddle was unique. It would have big sis and little sis and that person's name and this person's name. And when people were ordering their Greek letters, they weren't just ordering it with, you know, alpha, beta, gamma. They were ordering it with the Pittsburgh Steelers print on it, or they were ordering it with beer mugs or whatever. So that idea of personalization and, and customization and offering uh, people the ability to have this freedom of choice and still keep it within a centralized program has always been something that's uh, been a focus for me. And so with that, I, we've sort of developed it more into now with sales incentive programs, I think is one of the best examples I can give for people because a lot of times you've got companies that have small sales staff um, and they want to recognize uh, their customers or their prospects and they want to be able to implement uh, scalable programs to send a gift or send a thank you. Uh, and so we've worked really well by strategizing with the clients on who their clients are, what types of items their clients would be interested in, and then also strategizing on how are you going to communicate with that client um, that you wanna give them that gift. So that comes down to com coming up with email strategy and communication strategy. So with having a marketing background, I've always, whenever somebody comes to me and they say something like, hey, we want to buy 50 sweatshirts, I'm never asking them what color or, you know, I'm never asking them, um, you know, anything about the shirts. I'm asking them what the program is all about. And usually after I've asked those three questions, I've come to find out that the sweatshirts are to be given out to new hires. And so then when you find out that they're for new hires, then the question is, well, why are you pre-purchasing 50 sweatshirts for new hires that you don't know what sizes they are. And how do you, you know, and what about the four XL tall person that is going to walk in that door that you didn't pre-plan for? So how do we, how do we accommodate those? And so we've been implementing those kinds of programs for as long as, almost as long as we've been in business, whether it's online or offline, uh, you know, the, that type of customization, personalization, and onboarding uh, has been a key element for, for program development for the clients that we work with. Um, does that answer the question? Was that, yeah, definitely. That was good. Okay. Sorry, I was muted um, there. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to say, um, you mentioned up uh, a few minutes ago that, and this is something that I wanted to ask you about too, is, was that there's been such a, this focus on your know, bulk orders for a lot of people in the industry. And that's just kind of how it's gone for so long for a lot of these, these companies. And, and, you know, when you have clients coming to you and asking for these things in bulk, it's easy to just fulfill those orders and then, you know, move on and you, you, you make the easy money there. Um, but I think that anyone who's doing that might be missing this bigger picture, which is, you know, you can make, more money and develop stronger relationships with clients. If you move away from that one size fits all bulk product approach, do you have any examples of kind of yeah. 
how that, how that can work and, you know, where that extra, you know, where, where those benefits come in as a distributor, if you're not just selling in bulk. Sure. So I think, so, you know, I never, I never want to say something that, <laughs> that comes off sounding, you know, obnoxious, but I look at what we do as a very important, valuable piece of the corporate puzzle. Um, I never think of promotional, I never think of myself as a promotional products person. I always think of myself as a marketer or somebody that's involved in engagement. So if, a, if you're not asking questions, then you're never going to get to this place. So that, that's the, that, that is my first takeaway, is you need to stop asking questions about color and size and how many. You need to start asking questions about, you know, who's it for, um, you know, what's, what's your message, what's your objective, um, what are your challenges currently? Um, to really be able to unpack what is actually a puzzle and then being able to sort of put that puzzle together. Um, so so I'm, I'm big on cooking. I'm big on watching those shows like diners, drive-ins and whatever. And you go and you see, you walk into the restaurant and, and guy is watching this guy and he's showing you, okay, you throw in this pepper and you throw in some garlic and you put a half a touch of this honey in and you put in some Tabasco and olive oil. And they're all the things that I have in my, in my pantry. But for some reason, I can't put all of those things together and make them the exact same way that that person does. And so at the end of it all, we all, and I've seen people comment on, on your article and I've seen people comment about this and it's like, we don't have the tools or whatever, but the truth is we all have the tools. We all have the exact same tools and it's just a matter of how you're using them. And the way that you use them best is by asking the questions of your clients to understand what the problems are, what the challenges are, what the need is. And then from there, you develop the program and you figure out how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And what's our communication going to be and whatever. And then we finally start talking about products because the product is really not what the objective is. The, the objective is the engagement. The objective is onboarding a new employee. The objective is recognizing five years of service. Those are the key elements because if we're only talking about the bulk order and we're not measuring the results, you're not going to get that bulk order again anyway. And you're probably not going to get the program business. So I think that it's important to for, for people who want to be successful in this area of the business because it's it's an area of the business <clears throat> it's not the only part of the business but to be successful in it you have to ask the important questions um, and you need to ask them of the right people and then once you find out what those challenges are then it becomes a lot easier to put those programs together and so here is a perfect example an event that's normally uh, people coming from a global all over the place 700 people um, normally go to one location. And last year, they couldn't do it. So they wanted to recognize everybody and they wanted everybody to be able to get um, their personalized items sent to 700 individual locations across the globe. And so how do we do that and make sure that we're getting everybody exactly what they want um, and we're not pre-purchasing you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of merchandise and 
and and and how are we going to make sure that we're going to distribute it all and and pull off a program like that and that was one of our biggest programs that we did and at the end of it all we were able to and, and i'm only able to because we have so many ndas like you one of the things you mentioned is these companies are bringing in big clients we bring in big clients as well we're not allowed to talk about them because we sign non-disclosure agreements to not be able to talk about the level of programs that we do. So, and that's that's part of program business is you have to ask really important questions for your clients to be able to trust you and provide you with the information you need to be able to solve their riddle. And, and that is why companies like these ones are successful because the companies have told them what some of those riddles are. We wanna give out snacks to everybody. Okay, well, but some people are gluten-free. Okay, then we'll have gluten-free options. Well, everybody wants beef jerky. Okay, then we'll add five different options of beef jerky. I've ordered and bought and done more creative programming in the last 18 months because the clients are asking for them and because we're looking for the solutions for them to do that, um, that has enabled us to develop more of these programs. And so I think that if, if, you, if, if, um, if you're simply being product focused right now, then you're probably waiting for opportunity as opposed to developing opportunity. And um, these gifting as a service programs, they, I think I've mentioned to you, they don't happen like somebody just says, hey, here's $50,000, we wanna implement a gifting as a service program. They start really slow. Most of mine start with companies of like 10 or 12. And we work with uh, vendors that offer small minimums so that a client isn't pre-purchasing large quantities in advance. And then we also, other things that we do is brainstorm on strategy for usage of product. I think oftentimes if you're selling a pen to somebody, they only have one use for it. Well, if you're gonna sell them the pen, make sure that you're gonna use that same one in the onboarding gift. Make sure that pen might be used at your trade show. So you're not so you're not overextending your budget, which right now people are looking for cost savings. So again, asking questions really helps to save money at the end of the day instead of just allowing your client to purchase bulk orders. And I think, Sean, you said, you know, yeah, you'll take the order. I won't take the order. I, I, I want to know why somebody wants to do some of those things. And I think that as a marketing consultant, um, as a trusted advisor, if you let your client make bad decisions, um, then you're doing them a disservice. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I want the business. And yeah, I might take the order, but I might move them to something else that makes more sense um, as opposed to just allowing them to buy 500 of something because that's what they want to do. Yeah, and that's something we've, we've covered and written about before and sort of you know, moving past that order taker role. Because and, and, if, if that's all you're doing, then again, you know, it becomes something that they can find, you know, that customer can find elsewhere, most likely cheaper than you're going to be willing to do it for. And you know, then that creates all kinds of other problems for your business. Uh, and I'll tell you uh, something else. I mean, the, the true gifting as a service, we were, before the pandemic was happening, we were actually doing live on-site events. And so talking about actually 
doing gifting as a service. We were doing, you know, events where clients could come, they could pick from an item that they wanted, they could choose the what they wanted engraved, and we are engraving items on site. So the ability to provide personalized, on-demand, on-site items and capture data of people that are passing by and be able to provide all of that information to your client um, is we're still on the promo business, but it's just a completely different uh, piece of the business altogether. And that's something that we were really like up until the pandemic, that was um, the types of events and direction that we were really wanting to go in. And now that live events are happening, we're starting to get those requests again. And that is like, that's the exciting part of the business that I was really looking forward to. And it's going to take a little time for it to ramp back up a little bit more. But those are the things that are super exciting is, you know, the, 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 the platforms are cool. But when you go to a trade show and you can walk away with your, with a printed screen print, with a screen printed shirt that says your name on it or whatever, that's really cool stuff. And that's the kind of business that we really, really like um, our clients to engage in. You know, I think understandably there are a few people in the industry who are kind of freaked out by these gifting as a service models. And especially when they do see some of the big name companies that are working with companies like Alice and you know, how it can disrupt promo. Um, especially seeing how some of these companies want to bring the model into the trade show space too. But what would you say to someone who's worried about this? Yeah. So um, I remember when Alibaba came into the industry um, in the, I think that was the 2000s still. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people were concerned and, you know, there's been talk about companies like Amazon being involved in uh, the promo business. Um, and I think that anybody who's been doing uh, promotional marketing for a long time knows that there's always going to be uh, competition. Um, there's also a lot of business opportunity out there for lots of people. So uh, while I like these platforms, I also know most of my clients aren't fit for platforms like these. As scalable as they may seem, in order for them to really be successful, they still take some thought. I mean, they really do take a little bit of, of consideration of who your people are before you start offering up a buffet of options that maybe don't necessarily jibe with your company culture. And I think oftentimes when you're, if you're offering the ability to make donations to, you know, organizations or whatever, and, uh, you know, that's not necessarily something that your overall company culture uh, is going to be representative of, that's sometimes can be a challenge. And, and oftentimes when we're doing digital rewards, where we do have the clients who want to um, have their people have the opportunity to make a donation in the name of a charity instead of maybe taking an Amazon gift card or picking a Yeti tumbler. We're asking those clients, which organizations do you want to be giving that, that money to? Because I think that's important as well. And so uh, a lot of those companies, they offer the ability for the user to dig down into what, um, what you know excites them but i also think sometimes you get away from the company culture element of it and so i think there's a really fine line between the two and so my my answer to everybody 
who would be concerned is first off, um, if, you, if you're concerned, you need to educate yourself about these, these companies. And, um, and you need to do what you think is necessary in order to bring your business up to par with what those companies are offering. The services that are being offered just happen to be really nicely put together. They're, they're nothing different than what we all have or what many of us have the capability of, of being able to present for our clients. It's simply a matter of asking the right questions and then being able to unpack it all and, and then put it together. And we've got plenty of really great industry uh, resources that have um, services that are available to solve any of those uh, you know, challenges that uh, a client, would, regardless of size, would be looking for. Seth, thanks so much for joining us. We we don't. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I, so, I talk but, too much. I'm a speech. No, you, this, this college, is great. So. Great, that's tremendous. What, that's what we stuff. Want. Yeah, and this is, this is all really constructive and insightful yeah. stuff about you know a, a big issue and a, what was a big story uh, for us. We had a lot of people read this story. Uh, before yeah. I let you go, I know you have a big anniversary coming up in 2022, right? 25th anniversary. Sonic's Sonic's 25th. Yeah, it is. Con- congrats 25th. on that. Do you have Thank any? You. Uh, do you have anything fun planned or any any cool things going on to celebrate? Well, I hope we all get back to real live events. So that yes. would be a good way to. I mean, I think we we'd like to put on some sort of road show of some sort if we can, uh, if we can get back to live events. But I'm sure that there will be. Uh, kittens involved right <laughs> you know uh maybe a Sonic, logo rebrand featuring a, a certain kitten <laughs> well you know well so it, it's at, it is funny that you mentioned the logo rebrand because that's actually something also that i you know for us oftentimes we deal with clients that are stuck in brand guidelines and so we've really been trying to expand outside of our own brand uh, and i you know, sort of encourage clients to expand outside of their brand when they can. Uh, And I think that's probably the focus of what we're going to be doing for our 25th is really telling our story, Uh, you know, where we've, where we've come from, what we're all about. We are, I think on average, we have like 1.2 animals per um, employee staff member here at Sonic. You said you like data. So it's good that you track that. (laughs) Yeah. We, we have a annual pet calendar that we do, um, that features all of our pets and our client pets. So, uh, you know, we do a lot of cool things. I'm sure we've got some things that, uh, are coming up. I did want to give a couple of just quick, you know, you'd ask me for some other things, a couple of quick tidbits. I do think the phone is still really valuable communication tool. Um, I think we've gotten uh, a little complacent in that it's easy to use email, uh, but tone of voice oftentimes makes a big difference in, uh, in, ma- in closing those big deals. And I also don't think that you can conduct these types of programs, you know, just going back and forth over email. And to that end, I also think it's really important to, um, to be a good writer. Uh, and to proofread what your clients um, provide to you uh, because um, oftentimes your clients are providing content for you to provide back for them and you should be doing your due diligence to review it for them as well. And when there's places that you can make it better for them, it's important to offer those suggestions. Uh, it makes us more valuable as marketing professionals to our clients as opposed to people who just sell stuff. 
Seth, this was awesome. We really appreciate it. And You're welcome. All, all tremendous stuff. And congrats again on uh, everything you have thank going you. on, Sonic. We wish you the best and of luck. Thank you all very much. Uh, and, you know, thank you for all the work that you and your organization does for our industry. I know you all put on some really great programs and you've put together, always put together really great content. Uh, and uh, I was glad to be able to find an article that I could respond to you on. And uh, thank you for bringing it up and uh, making it aware to everybody. Oh, we, we appreciate that. I'll, I'll cut you the check for, for saying that, plugging <laughs> us right, at, right after we get off here. Just free subscription. Free <laughs> subscription. That's all I want. So. All right, Seth, all right. until next time. All right, cool. Thanks. That about does it for this episode. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Uh, be sure to subscribe on our website, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, for Brendan Metapace, I'm Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. And the best cereal, by the way, is Cookie Crisp. <laughs> I'll, well, I'm going to debate you off, off air on that. Off, yeah, we'll fight about this. It's off about air. to get heated. <laughs>